phone-in show. What up? Welcome to the phone-in show. That's right. It's not the call-in show where the guests call in and talk on the show. It's the phone-in show, the show where we phone it in because we aren't trying very hard. I'm uh, Spencer Crittenden, and I had a slightly more effortful post post uh, introduction planned, and uh, it didn't work because I didn't put the effort into it. And so this is kind of plan D, is this intro. And I'm Spencer, I guess. Uh, um, yeah, what's up? Oh, yeah. No, Kevin's here. Hey everybody! This is Kevin's half-assed introduction. Take it away, Kevin. Yeah, this 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 show's going great. I I have really high hopes for how the energy level on this show tonight. So I had a intro idea for Kevin, and I did not tell him what it was, but he was really on board because Kevin's a supportive person, which is a really good quality in a person who has the role he has you know this kind of administrative moderative uh tacky kind of personality i don't know and the idea was i was going to turn on my playstation 4 uh start playing elden ring and while the intro started i would be playing elden ring and i would say you know, I would say, oh, what up and welcome to That Happens, the only podcast where I fight Melania, the Blade of Mikella during the podcast. And then, you know, I'd kind of just like just kind of pay attention to the game and, and just say a couple like half thought out things and hope hope like that Kevin would pick up the slack. And then I would just be kind of like, yeah. No, totally. I know. Yeah. As Kevin just kind of tried to make the show happen. And uh, again, since this is the phone in show, it was a half assed attempt. And I turned on the PlayStation with about 15 seconds. And I very quickly realized I would not be able to load into the boss fight uh, before I could start talking. And then while I had that thought, I had the thought, I don't even have to actually do this. Um, I could just pretend, you know, I could I could pantomime looking off screen and holding a controller and it might even look better for camera, you know? Um, and so, yeah, but the question we have today is, how are you feeling about the pinch at the pump? And to answer that question, we have just an earnest on the ground, boots on the ground man whose name in the Zoom appears to be Jim Garrett. So we got Jim Garrett on the show, everybody. Is your audio working, Jim? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Uh, you're a bit quiet if we could get that turned up or something. But if not, you know, we'll do it in post because that's how we roll, baby. What's up, man? How's it going? So good to see you, man. It's good. It's good. Kevin Day, how are you, my dude? Uh, I'm doing, doing great. It's been good. forever since we've seen you guys, man. Yeah, it's been too long. I'm trying to figure out how to get this turned up for you. Maybe I'll go to um, settings. Well, I turned up my volume too, so I think that helped. I mean, you know, I don't. It's it sucks to tech shoot on the thing, um, and I think you sound pretty good. I'm just a little baby, um, but <laughs> I think you're sounding pretty good now. What do you think, Kevin? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, what's up? So, uh, oh, this isn't Jim. This isn't Jim Garrett at all. That was a clever lie. I don't know why your your thing said that, but it now says Brandon Johnson. That's you. So glad to be here. Thank you so much. I got to tell you that this entire time I've been listening to you, thinking that you were coming through these headphones, but the marijuana apparently, Jesus Christ. Have you had these problems in life? 
oh yeah, no, the headphone, which audio device is plugged in, which audio device is actually working as opposed to all the ones plugged in. Sometimes the camera is the microphone that's you being used. And it's like, why is the camera being used? All of these things happen all the time and it sucks. It doesn't seem like it should be that difficult, but it, it, these tech solutions, they don't work. I can't, you know, I don't know. Uh, sometimes you go to the store and then the person has like a tech problem, right? And uh, they're like, oh, you know, tech, it always breaks. And what I tell them is, you know, technology is supposed to work, but what it does is not work. You know, like meat and human bodies, that stuff works. You know, we, we get sick and we fix ourselves. We don't have to reboot, you know, we work. Living stuff works. Tech doesn't work it kind of functionally by design doesn't work it only breaks and then who fixes it us you know that's kind of what tech does even though we invented it to work i'm yeah. sorry i was just trying to cover you just to, in case you needed to do some more you know adjustments so i don't want to talk all over you, you nailed it i think you fucking nailed it <laughs> <laughs> but it's depressing the idea that we make technology so it makes our life easier and functions and then all it does is break you know i don't know you know it's um it's one of those things where we rush because we're so psyched that we even got this thing to fly that we never even think about seatbelts or how you <laughs> and I'm, I'm i'm i get that i get that um i know uh when you make shit and you think you're finished if you're like putting together like a piece of furniture or some shit and you're like oh yeah it's good or like when i was a kid we used to steal the tv speakers out of old tvs because i was like the only way to get because you know you go to your parents and they'd be like I, I, you'd say i want to get like a boom box or i want to get like a radio for my room just so i can fucking chill and they'd be like fuck no that's some bullshit what you go play there's no there's a reason why not everybody has a stereo in the house fuck off so <laughs> we'd open up tvs and we get the fucking speakers out and we we'd hook those into what were the ipod of the day um which is like a a, a rabbit just turning a fucking turntable <laughs> <laughs> and carrots and uh speakers that way so what i knew was technology is always janky and that the pursuit of joy via electronic shit is always going to be problematic whether it's the sourcing of the fucking cable whether it's the component itself or whether it's your motherfucking expectations <laughs> I think the expectations is a big part of it for sure because if like we had more of a this is a maintenance thing we always have to do the rebooting and that's just part of how it operates it's like I think we might be more willing to do the steps needed to maintain this stuff but I don't know I one thing you just tipped me off or like it reminded me of like it's weird it's a weird thing in this world that we have so many um it's like so easy to unleash infinite Pandora's boxes. You know, they invented the cell phone and no one was like, hey, is this going to ruin society? No one was like, oh, is this going to cause back and neck and hand and wrist problems? You know, they just did it. And then 10 years later, we have all these problems resulting from that. It's like you just can create something, put it into the world, and then it just destroys everything and no one can stop you. There's nothing people can do to like prevent you from from opening Pandora's boxes left and right. That's like a bad societal setup, right? I don't know. I mean, the only thing that can stop you is the fact that we're monkeys. So at the end of the day, the pursuit is going to be flawed. Like we never say we should come up with more ways to safely land planes or to get faster, farther or farther, faster. We're always like, put some tits on it and uh, <laughs> make it like so that it gets me tits. But that's what impedes us, which is kind of great, is our lack of evolution. So far, we haven't been able to keep up with a monkey's dreams. 
Because a monkey's dreams are like more bananas, more sex. How can we do it on our backs? Luckily, we've been dumb enough that we're like, still got to melt metal if you want something out of metal. Still got to go <laughs> chop down trees. Still, We're still fucking using coal. <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, my mom used to always say, oh, I thought this car, I, I thought that my first car would be the last ele- or gas car I ever drove and then they would be electric. And that was like, I think she was referring to a time in like the 70s. I don't know. But, I, you know, my mom's uh, of age of she my mom has an age and I'm not clear on what it is. <laughs> But, you know, I don't know. We just think, oh, it's going to be so easy. And it's like, no, because it turns out you could just sell people like drugs and tits. And then it's a, you know, that's what everyone with power just ends up doing. It's a bummer because you really do see these great like glimpses of what human beings could be. A hundred percent. And then all of a the sudden there's this thing that's like, yeah, we invented phones. That was wonderful porn. And you're like, <laughs> we invented <laughs> laptops, computers, porn. All these things that like set us back, even though we get far, like the idea that we invented cars, uh, Derby, Derby, crash those bitches into each other. Um, (laughs) The idea that people are so like obsessed with like, you have money, but do you have like throwing it at women money? (laughs) Do you have buy a whole fucking Twitter money? Like you're balling, but are you like, I'm going to space balling? Because if you're not, then fuck you. That's the thing that keeps us primitive as fuck is that at the end of the day, no matter what we accumulate, no matter what we acquire, it's always going to be used for some monkey shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I just, you know, obviously you made a reference to Elon Musk and that was where I was thinking anyway. It's like, you know, when we see these glimpses of what can happen, remember when Elon Musk was like, I'm going to fix the water in Michigan and then never did. You know, it's like he could be, I keep saying this, Elon Musk could be the most popular guy on the planet. easily all he'd have to do is just spend 10 percent of his money on anything that mattered one fucking bit you know um my computer's about to die um because musk i'm trying to tell you these lizard people in this illuminati we've got to contend with we all know that there's a dark web good spencer's gone i I want to elaborate on this for about i'm on the dark web (laughs) i'm so glad this was my platform today this is exactly what i planned to happen as soon as we got into that bill gates shit the conspiracy and all (laughs) Oh, what's up, evil empire? (laughs) (laughs) No, but I don't know. Elon Musk, man, he's the most is I it's such a he's an interesting case study in humanity, right? No one should be happier than him, but he's clearly one of the most miserable people on the planet. He's fucking all these rich people. They can't just enjoy their money and like hire people to fight in an arena. They build underground their house or whatever. They have to post the worst shit online and get like the worst people to like retweet them. It's like that doesn't make me happy when I get high, high, like uh, high numbered tweets. It doesn't make me happy. Why are they doing this? Like, do they, does this bring them the joy the rest of their life? Does it? It's just so weird. It's like, do anything. You're the only people that have this power to change the whole world with just a, a fraction of your net worth. Why aren't you doing that for like it's just, buying Twitter? You could buy fucking, I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah, uh, it's, you can uh, buy for one day and just be like a baller. Like we need people to suddenly understand that Akon has set the bar so fucking low because <laughs> Akon is giving lights to like 60 million people. He spent like a half a billion dollars in Africa. I don't even like Akon. I'm telling you, if you Elon Musk and you letting 
Akon show you up in the world? I, I have had um, beef with many of people who are rich because I'm broke. And to a broke man, <laughs> the world looks real different. We yeah. don't agree, right? But the thing is, AOC, who I sometimes feel like does some shit, she went to Texas. She raised five million bucks. I don't have shit to say to that lady. I don't have shit to say to her. She raised five million dollars. Mackenzie Bezos has given away so much money that now she's rich again because the stock has shot up. So she gave away a ton of money, almost 19 billion. She's still worth $50 billion. That's some baller shit by your ex-wife. How you gonna let your ex-wife make you look like it's her and Akon walking by your motherfucking house, laughing off, singing locked up to each other. You gotta do better. <laughs> it's just crazy i just and here's the thing you know you're a good person i'm sure you've done a lot of good things for a lot of people doesn't it feel good like they could they'd be they, this would solve their problem the problem they're having they're not feeling good you know what would feel good helping people i don't get it it just it's the most obvious shit in the world and and i'm sure people have told them this and they're just like i guess they're just terrified i don't know jeff bezos tweeted out uh about a year ago he tweeted um, you know, I'm, I'm looking for ways to help the world. What do you think I should do with my money? And it was before the $6 billion uh, uh, Elon Musk tweet. Cause right. know, it was like, if you give me, if you give me great ideas, I'll spend six, six billion bucks. So Jeff Bezos tweeted it out prior and he said, help me figure out a way to give away some of this money that I've earned. I'm entertaining ideas. And I tweeted, Hey bro, uh, you're the king of outsourcing. You're the person who's logistics. That's your whole motherfucking gig. And you're not going to pay nobody for this idea. You want us to come to you as poor people with a shovel and nothing else to tell you how to build an empire that's going to uplift us. You're already in your fucking mind. You know damn well you have enough money to put money into finding out a way to use Amazon to get poor people what they fucking need. Anheuser Bush sends, um, they send water. Coca-Cola sends water. These companies know how to be good. They know to be good because they know where we are. They know what we're doing. They know who's having a baby and is late in their payments on the shit they ordered from Amazon. Exactly. Why don't, why don't you go ahead and write some of that shit off? And here's the thing, B. If you wrote enough of that shit off, I'd actually, I'd give you some taxes. I'd be like, you know what, baby, don't tax. Maybe shut your fucking mouth. Amazon's doing the best they can. They're helping old ladies and pregnant mommies. <laughs> Maybe we don't tax them so much. Maybe Jeff Bezos can do whatever the fuck he wants. Because, because these places are, are doing what they're supposed to do, which is provide good jobs and good products, right? They, they're so into how much money they can make off of a system that is dead or dying that they're not really into the benefits of what they've just done. So if you look at how Bezos has acquired his money, it's off of a, a dilapidated postal service that was so underfunded on Republicans that they were happy to see Jeff Bezos because he was the number one customer. But at some point, dude kind of fucked us and that he uses our postal service without giving them raises, without using more money. It's all Googleable, by the way, before you get yeah. it. So you got somebody who was like, I can exploit an entire system, right? And then Elon Musk makes more on carbon credits, 
we all know that the Teslas don't always fucking sell out. They're not a great car. It's a non-union workforce. There's also not a lot of Teslas. Like people overestimate how many Teslas exist. There's just like the market share is not what people assume it is because there's just not a lot of these cars. They can't make the cars. The cars break. Like they can't plus up the the production too much farther. Well, at least without spending money on actually things that matter, which they could never do. I'm sorry, I cut you off. It's all right. It's just the last thing is dude's carbon credits. That's how he makes his money. And again, he infiltrated old NASA, underfunded NASA that nobody else was fucking with. And he was like, I'll make rockets. Shit. Um, old solar tech that nobody was fucking with. Figured out the power wall situation. Figured out a way to get batteries onto your house and shit. Old tech. Old systems that nobody was using. So I think they're geniuses for that shit. But damn. How are you going to take all of the public's money up and out of the economy and not give it back when the truth is you used our infrastructure to get your money? I just want a little bit, bro. I'm not talking about it's the same shit. And here's the thing. Last part of the rant is I, don't, I, say, no, I'm loving this. I say the same shit to people who have gangs in the hood. I'm like, my, my bro, uh, maybe build a clinic. Maybe people wouldn't turn you in if you built a clinic. If you out there and you doing bad shit, maybe grease the palms of some poor people who need that shit. And maybe we won't question it so much. So much. But right now I'm looking at a dude who uses a car that gets lithium batteries from fucking African soil and shit. And it's mining and it's a dirty ass situation. So yeah. I'm like, you're making money on top of suffering. I just need a slice back so I can alleviate some of that shit. Yeah, I just it was so interesting what you said about Bezos or uh, with Amazon. It's just so smart. Like, like it, Amazon as a logistics company, that's such a value add to all sorts of stuff. Bezos is like, oh, give me ideas. No, you're the one person who doesn't need to be given ideas. Just say, hey, everybody who matters in all these spaces, just tell me or like you show up, tell me what you need and I'll do as much as I can because we can we can make this really, uh, you know, uh, efficient. We can use we can use Amazon's things to get out like we were saying like you can deliver important stuff that like i don't know you imagine like any nonprofit that wanted to use amazon as a delivery service to to apply their nonprofit wares to make it cheaper to get people goods or something you know like they would be so easy for them to do he doesn't have to be I, like that's the thing but he wants to be in charge he wants to be like yes no to this idea and that idea and it's like that's that's the thing that you don't have to do and there's no downside to you not doing that what you lose a billion dollars you won't notice like that's the it's just so weird but, but yeah, no, that that that's like that seems achievable. Like I can imagine a political group that that their aim is like make Amazon fucking work for us. Like make them like work and, and offer services to to like nonprofits or I don't know. That's why that's why a kid with not a lot of education in comparison to what he's up against can get Amazon to go union. Like that's the also the flip side to the monkey shit is that because our problems are created by monkeys, they're solved by other monkeys. And we're like really good at, at looking at the Bezos and saying like, let's come together against this motherfucker. Like, I like that Starbucks is like, you've been good to us as a company. Nobody's saying you haven't been good to us as a company. They pioneered a lot of benefits, um, like covering each other's like spouses and roommates and shit. But like, we need, still need to unionize. And that's a function of a labor force that is becoming more intelligent, not a function of a labor force that wants to take more from you as a company. You know, it's fair to say that the, the, the yin and yang of the situation is 
in Hollywood, they've made more money than they've ever made. They're global companies. And they've also pushed to like, make it really hard for us. Like we have these super long days and the union this and union that, and you don't know who's on your side all the time. And what we have is this sort of culture economically where people are incentivized to loot versus build. Right, yes. Yeah, I just, on the Hollywood thing though, it's just like, I. it feels like the only reason Hollywood was able to become what it was, was because money was like loose back then and they were willing to pay the cost for things. And like, there was generally better working conditions for all the workmen back then. And they basically froze those conditions and everyone else made money. And we're working under, honestly, worse than like the, like the what they called the golden age of Hollywood conditions. Like there was better unionization and stuff back then. Also, just to call this out, I've been tweeting about this but you know we're undergoing historic labor gains in america like the biggest in probably 50 plus years i don't know but you'd never hear about it on the news like but people need to realize this is a thing that's happening it's building political momentum you should throw in with this movement and keep you know keep supporting stuff it's just it's it's like it's just this crazy i don't know we you know it's the only like to me it's the only bright side politically with that we have is because you know we really need a lot of grassroots kind of rising up and labor's is or in union is where that happens and and so like the fact that you can we can make change on this local level that eventually rises up to you know national level is a thing that people need to know is happening and need to know they can plug into and it's just i don't know it, it's just really it's it to me it's like such a sign of all this you know this leftist doctrine about the neoliberal uh, establishment and stuff the fact that like no one covers this thing uh and it just gets talked in just these whispers uh but another thing about unionization unionization is it's interesting you know we've allowed all these monopolies and global corporations to just control everything and you see everything on every corner but part of what that means is if you're ever present you can't leave you can't pick up and move necessarily the same way so it actually puts some big companies like amazon and like starbucks in a position where they don't really have the typical union busting tactics of shutting down and move somewhere else because if you need a starbucks on every block then what's gonna you know you shut that one down but it's like yeah no they unionized did you hear the block the starbucks down the block unionized let's do that too and then they're fucked and amazon needs to be in all the locations for its staging areas you know fulfillment centers and so they can't they can move to an extent but it's all this stuff is limited it's it, their corporate dominance has kind of backed us into a position where we can actually leverage union building in a way that used to be a lot easier to uh prevent and stop i don't know what else have you been up to uh, well that, i, I mean like done so much for reddit i can't wait for the abuse <laughs> but <laughs> um I mean, you know, I brought you on to talk about the pinch of the pump. So how's the pinch of the pump? I, uh, you know, it's gone down a bit. We're, we're back under $6 in most places. I don't know. You know, do you drive? I drive. I drive a lot. It's my favorite fucking thing to do. Cars. Me too. Cars. Um, and I drive, my car gets like 16 miles to the gallon. So it's a station wagon. Station wagon. <laughs> <laughs> so, I know, I like people people at the gas station always look at me and they go huh why wagon <laughs> not, not that car they're like the car is fine but huh you why wagon you look alone you look like you, you look like you could probably take a cat and a hatchback you don't look like somebody who would need a wagon and i'm like man if you have to drive down the street and you see something you want wagon <laughs> you know, like I have two steamer trunks for no reason other than I, 
Because I'll see something big and I'll be like, let's get that motherfucker. And my girl will be like, Brendan, no, please. You have a smaller apartment than you do station wagon. Right. Uh, but wagon, wood, wagon, uh, uh, shit talking, wagon. When you have a wagon, you'd be like, people be like, hey, which car are we going to go? I'm like, we can go in my car. We can go in my car. We'll yeah. all go in my car. Hey, bring your bikes, man. No, bring your bike, bring your raft, bro. Bring your raft. Nobody else can nobody else can take a raft. Nobody else wagon. <laughs> so that shit hurts, man. It hurts the wagon. But I'm also like this. I'll make gas money because driving is like crack to me. Like it's the only time that I can actually um I think of stories and it's the only time I can really get out of my head. I, you know. I don't I, I guess I wouldn't have expected that from you, but I feel very I feel exactly the same way. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm sure my roommate is within earshot, but, you know, living with roommates can be uh, difficult sometimes. And I, you know, it would have been a lot harder if I couldn't when I needed space or something, get out of my car, you know, get in my car, drive around and kind of clear my head. And also, I don't know, I have this weird thing where I kind of need nature. I need kind of to experience nature. And, you know, we live in this. I used to live in a suburb. Burbank is a lot better than like L.A. proper, but it's still kind of more LA than where I'm from and going to Griffith Park I go to Griffith Park at least once a day often twice a day it just recharges my batteries and it's like I don't know you know obviously we're talking about the world ending and talking about driving you know whatever it's every everyone's a hypocrite whatever but you know it's just it's really it's I my my whole life has always been yeah that's that's the thing it is but it's just i don't know ever since i was a kid the only place i felt comfortable was my car i would always leave my house escape my parents and be in my car it's just always been my safe space and it, it's just like without it and also mine similarly i have a big one too with a lot of storage space because it's like i want to be able to pick stuff up i want to be able to store stuff i use it as a closet yeah dude here's the thing when COVID broke the fuck out um the only thing you could really do was drive now the yeah. first couple weeks i was nervous because i was like if the car breaks down i gotta walk through the zombie town of la because parts of la were like no mask and shit and like bring it bring it bring it like the people some people for the first month were like i can't wait to get the lesions and like just bring for uh, yeah, yeah no sometimes you'd walk through a crowded area and two or three people would spit gouts of bloody vomit at you <laughs> I know. It was crazy. So being in the car was great because I was like, you motherfuckers, I'm already in the car. I'm in a sealed capsule and I'm just navigating my way until I get to the beach. And then you get to the beach and it was like, there were more people at the beach during COVID than have ever been. To the beach. <laughs> it was the worst. Yeah. The worst. Uh, you do. What was your first thought? And when did you find out it was the real deal? Oh, I was even before it hit, I was like, should we be hiding? And then when they started being cases, I'm like, I'm hiding. And then they were like social distancing and I'm like social distancing. What the fuck? I'm hiding. And then like, and, and then at some point I was like, wait a second, this is like SARS SARS. Everyone was wearing masks. Then I started wearing t-shirt masks, uh, which are very ineffective, but they're kind of like shitty cloth masks. And this was before masks started being talked about as a solution at all. You know, that was before cloth masks. It was before surgical masks. It was before 95 masks. I was wearing t-shirt masks and, uh, you know, and wearing cloth masks a lot and, or just staying away. But then finally, you know, when masking was really common, I was wearing, you know, cloth and paper masks or double masks, but 
you know, I've always been, I'm still hiding out because the fact that everyone thinks it's safe to me is the strongest evidence we've ever had that it's dangerous, you know? So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm as locked, you know, I do, I do things that I shouldn't, but I lock, I'm locked down. I try not to, I've only done like social stuff when it was like productive or semi work related. And I always wear masks around other people, even if they're not like, I go to my friend's house and he doesn't wear a mask, but I always wear an N95 mask. So I, I'm, I'm trying to, I bought a literal gas mask, but it's a bit unwieldy, so I don't wear that. But but so I'm wondering, you know, there was a time early on in the pandemic when people like me and probably you, if you're a driver, were like, wait a second, we can still drive. But it was before everyone else figured out, oh, you know what I could do for recreation? Drive. You know, so for the there's a time where the road was just mine. <laughs> like it was amazing. Did you have that moment? Oh my god, it was incredible. The tin was shut down. <laughs> yeah. I, I got out like pretty early on. When I left, there were five cases. I think there were two in Burbank. And then I split to Arizona, thinking that I would be safer in Arizona and had gotten, I'd gotten some bad intel. And somebody was like, they're going to shut the border down between California and Arizona. You should be over here because we got a place, right? So mm -hmm. I, was like, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll hide out in Arizona, even though I know Arizona is the state that was like, Bro, happy Martin Luther King Day, but not us, B. <laughs> and the United States was like, hey, we'll take federal funding from you. We're going to take like 50 million bucks. And they were like, it's oh, worth it. Right. <laughs> They're like, way more to get into this bar, B. So, <laughs> so I fled. And then, of course, because it's Arizona, uh, the numbers went down in California, up in Arizona, and no mask in Arizona. Nobody, like just maybe a little social distancing, but like optional masking, um, not much shut down. Got here the first day of the five o'clock curfew. So drove, mm. <laughs> drove into LA, got here at four. And then was, and had to be in the house an hour later. That was for a protest, right? Wasn't the police like destroying a protest and that's why they instituted curfew? Yeah, it was the one, it felt like the one time that society was like, fuck it, no more, just stop, everybody stop. And for yeah. a second, I agreed because I was like, this is bananas. Um, and if we had fucking shut down before, we wouldn't have had anything in the first place. So I was like, yeah, shut down for a day. See if it makes the numbers go down. You were talking about the border being closed. I was certain they were going to because, OK, we got this very contagious thing. And then we got these people that can move all around freely. Why don't we? solve the problem by stopping that like i feel like if we actually obviously if i was the fascist dictator i would have done that first thing probably first first thing before mass before distancing just like okay everyone stay home no you can't leave like you need to get notes we're gonna figure out a system to get notes for everybody if you have to leave but really the best thing we can do is just not have contact you know and and i would have also mobilized the military to uh work with the distribution of groceries like the military would, would buy groceries and then distribute them from the stores you know so that way you don't have to go to the store to buy things things get pushed to you and the businesses still make money that's if i was the fascist i get why that all this stuff would be crazy and unpopular but i i and then when there was like no one's doing anything i was like we're just fucked uh, you know i don't know and i'd be like spencer all that money you made off all those smart ideas why haven't you given us any <laughs> and you'd be like it's different up here man it's different up here i know what i said it's just so nice up here 
<laughs> no, you don't know. The thing that no one know, the thing that you pours don't realize is that it doesn't kick in until nine billion dollars. Like that's the thing. You don't know. My dick just feels like sex all the time. And and all it takes is not getting rid of, you know, less than nine million billion dollars. And, and I I know that's hard to believe, but that's just the truth. And that's why we're all fucking insane. I can't wait to be like, it's true. Illuminati is real. I can't tell you much more. I am going to tell you that there was a Jay-Z concert at Bezos' kitchen last night, though. It's popping in here. <laughs> Jay-Z's making pancakes and rapping. Right, with a goat. Just <laughs> and the goat was the goat. <laughs> was the goat. Bezos has the best goat. Everyone knows this. Yeah, we panicked. I got the fuck out. Uh, and then came back and then was like, as you know, because I know I feel like, although it may be loud and obnoxious, I feel like you're an introvert. I'm an introvert. I was ecstatic. I was like, we don't have to do what? <laughs> go outside. We don't have to go outside. Let me get this straight. Other people are toxic for real. You mean I was right. I don't have to fucking trust nobody. I shouldn't trust nobody. Oh, my God. I was built for it. Bro, yeah. the thing I did was go to the weed store. Line was out the door. I was like, everybody panics in their own way, but I'm glad I'm amidst my people. <laughs> <laughs> I was dug in. And then for the first year, I was ecstatic. There was so much content. And I've been doing I've been doing live. So I was like, you know, I'll take a break from live for a little bit. It'll be nice to sit around the house. By the year and a half, though, dude, I was like, this is awful. This is the worst fucking thing that has ever happened. Um, it it is a delayed reaction. Like I knew it was going to be fucked up because once they shut the stock market down, I was like, "This is going to be fucked up for a little bit" because it's going to take a while to get back. But I thought we'd be back like as soon as we got the cure. I did not anticipate that people were not the anti-vax vaccine. Yeah. yeah, I did not anticipate that. I was like, "It's for fucking free. It shouldn't have been for optional." <laughs> and now people are right. I agree hundred percent. Yeah, it's insane. But because of that, I saw like, we kind of fuck each other over when given the opportunity and it brought me down. I was like, I can't believe I'm in my house because you motherfuckers are lethal, but you have Buffalo Wild Wings. You're not even doing the shit that I would be doing. You're not yeah. even doing good shit. You like down in New Orleans, like doing bullshit. Like you, you out there dying of overdoses and shit. Like, I just want to go out and get fucking wine. want to smoke some fucking weed at the beach. And people are like, nah, man, I got COVID when I was at uh, TGI Fridays, gave them margaritas. <laughs> and gave yeah, them dude, like, it's, that's not even a good restaurant. Right, right. So I was miserable, dude. And now I'm, a, I'm still slightly, I'm still slightly salty. I'm like, <laughs> not going to lie. I have my days where I go outside and I'm like, man, I'm not going back to this bullshit. <laughs> There's been so many mask off moments we've been forced to swallow. It's like, really? That's what people are? Really? That's what humans are? Really? This is all we are as a species? It's been really depressing. Uh, my journey has been less hard than what it sounds like yours. Like the first thing that happened is like, oh, I'm good. And I was good for a long time. I think, you know, you have ups and downs kind of, you, none of us can understand exactly like mentally and psychically what's happening to us from all this stuff. You know, it's, it's really big changes, but humans are adaptable. We can endure and stuff, you know? And so I, I've had bad times, but I know I've had a much easier time than most other people. The biggest <laughs> revelation for me was, hey, 
this is what I was doing anyway. My life is so fundamentally undifferent than it was that I got to realize that like my life now that I don't have a choice, I'm kind of chafing against it a little bit, but I made that choice on purpose. And isn't that pathetic? My whole life has been in quarantine by choice because I'm making bad decisions. And after the <laughs> pandemic ends, am I going to use this knowledge and be like, let's actually improve as a person? Or am I going to be like, no, that's too hard. I'm going to live the rest of my life this way that I realized was a terrible way that wasn't fulfilling and good for any of the things I want to do. I'm just going to keep doing that because it's easier than applying this revelation. And that was kind of my journey, maybe. <laughs> honestly, honestly. I came back and I looked at it and it's all a little different, you know? Then I got COVID. Um, I got it like a month ago, a month and a half ago. I didn't say a month and a half ago because I'm out. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I got it. And then that's another like one-two punch when you're like, man, you start to know who hasn't had it by their stance on it. When they're like, fucking get it. I'll be all right. I'm like, no, you won't. <laughs> they're lying to you. They tell you that you're going to have a mild case, but what they don't tell you is you're going to have a mild case of something that's like super harsh that you die from, right? <laughs> so even though my case was mild, I guess, it still was like a doozy. It was a doozy. Like you get sick, sick. Have you guys had it yet? Uh, Kevin did. I did. It, that was the sickest I've ever been. I, I got it really early on. And, and Kevin was smelling cigarettes and fires a lot as a result of his anosmia. Cool. Yeah, like for, he started smoking under his house. <laughs> it was his girlfriend. Yeah, right. yeah. No, for months afterwards, I would just be sitting alone in the house and just randomly smell cigarette smoke. And I thought I was going crazy. And then I googled it, and all these other people were saying the same thing of like, "Yeah, I had COVID." And then afterwards, I smelled cigarette smoke. Yeah, it's uh, it's got its own like uh, way of leaving. It, it leaves honestly like that uh, really pompous, arrogant drunk at a party. It's like makes the rounds, makes the rounds. And then you go out in the backyard and you're like, this motherfucker's still here. He said he was going to leave 15 days ago. And he's like, anyway, guys, like every conversation starter is, anyway, guys, I'm out. I'm out, guys. You know, um... <laughs> I mean, there's obviously a lot of issues with communication. Like you were saying, mild cases, they shouldn't call it that. They should say unhospitalized cases. Mild should never have been used ever. Even moderate's a bad word to use in this context. But like, uh, oh, wait, I lost my train of thought. But I, I just don't want to get, I don't want to get COVID. I want to be the one guy who never got COVID. That's what I would like. I, I, I'm afraid of, you know, having lingering effects and stuff. Oh, what I was going to say is that people, I think a, a one of these big problems is I think a lot of people just don't I think if you ask them on a on a test or something they'd realize it but in their day-to-day -day life I don't think people differentiate the difference between a cold and the flu but the flu will fuck you up the flu is like a one month long ordeal and if you have the flu you will remember that for years if, if you're like hey have you ever had the flu and someone's like I think so they probably haven't had the flu because you it's like a thing that sticks with you but no one gets it people just get the colds and they get over it and they're like yeah being sick's not that bad because they haven't got the flu but this is worse than the flu and people are like it's no worse than the flu it's like you don't know what the flu is you haven't dealt with the flu the flu is horrible and this is literally worse like much worse in a lot of ways but even saying oh it's the flu is like no the flu is bad don't get the flu yeah it's it was it was a weird response i didn't expect humanity to sort of like take want to take their chances with extension 
I didn't know that people were going to really take it personally that you were asking them to do something that might save their neighbor or whatever. It was so weird. It, it's like, it is like the comment section um, came to life. It was people who were just like, fuck that. I'm like, no, 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 not fuck that. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> and that's the problem with having a comment section. You could turn off comments, but when you have comments, people just start saying stupid shit and then they start believing it because they said it, you know, and it causes all these problems. Yeah, nightmare. It was a nightmare. I'm, I'm glad yeah. we're like on the uptick. Hopefully there's not going to be another uh, whole round of this shit, but it, it, it does make you think that if it had gotten worse, if it was something for real, 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 that we couldn't come up with a cure for in three months, um, what people would do. Like, what does it take for people to sort of slow down and go, uh, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll help out. You know, I saw a bunch of people helping out. I don't, I don't think it was all gloom and doom, but it was just, it was kind of like, it was amazing to see what people chose to do, whose side they said, whose side they picked, right? Yeah, it's just weird. You know, obviously, it, you know, I think we have a tendency to like map political recent political events onto like new things like, you know, it's like, oh, so it's like, I wonder, you know, if, if Trumpism hadn't gotten so crazy, would have the response been the same? But at the same time, we know that during the, the Spanish flu pandemic, there were anti-maxers, maskers and anti-vaxxers, just the same using the same arguments and stuff. And it's that was actually really surprising to find that out. So it's like, maybe we wouldn't have been better off, even if this, you know, uh, toxic strain of of republicanism hadn't taken off who knows but it's just yeah it's just uh i you know i'm always disappointed by people i'm always like this is all don't you know that we're representatives of the human race and that other people see us and then they form judgments that they take with their whole lives like every all of our lives are an example to others you know and it's like and again it, it can feel good to help it's like it's not just a zero-sum game it's like uh, there's 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 ways for everyone to win yeah. but people won't believe that and people won't throw in and you know and they've been so scammed and traumatized that you kind of understand why people have this belief that they don't buy into it but it's it's just such a global tragedy it's just so sad that it's like we're so broken and there's nothing we can do and we're only going to burn to death and it's just pathetic and horrible and it's like and even from a, i'm going to burn like even aside from i'm going to burn to death the global tragedy of it all is just existentially sad if an alien watched it they'd be like "Fuck, dude and then kill themselves you know like it's just it's it's just without the ego it's still horrible and i that's what i grapple with it's just the immensity of how horrible so much is and how easy it would be and uh to to change it and yet how impossible it would be to make the people realize how easy it would be you know i don't know whatever yeah. now of course there's some classic Brandon johnson moment that's about to happen where i say <laughs> remember that if you drop dead on the ground in 1901 people would step over your body they wouldn't want to touch you and now it's uh 2022 and uh, ambulance will come scoop you up they don't even need to know your name they'll take you to a hospital where people will use millions of dollars with the tech to save your life you know so like we do evolve i just think that we're in that we're in that fucking jello pudding moment where uh we're stuck between two eras so you definitely see how dumb <laughs> this shit is and yet you can't it's like when you're 25 and you're like oh man i i, I want uh i want stuff <laughs> and somebody's like, well, you gotta work a job, motherfucker. You gotta get a job. You gotta do it well, and you gotta fucking dig your boots in. And you're like, I'm not gonna do that. I do want stuff, but I'm I'm smart enough to know what I want. I just cannot get there. <laughs> is 
the way that all of humans are right now. We're in that position where yeah. we really just invaded a country. Like, really? A dude is just, a, you know, when you ask yourself why there's so much coverage of Ukraine, it's because the world is really like, wow, it's like a bar fight, but it's a huge area. It's one of the reasons I stay so glued to it because I'm just like, man, they're really going to do that shit. The first day of it, I was like, they're not going to do that shit. Um, those people are watching TV. They're at home. They're, not, they're innocent. They've, they've not been aggressive. There is no spy force that goes into Russia and fucks things up. Like, they don't have a Taliban. U Ukraine doesn't even, like, have, like, a, a force that is, like, taking on Russia covertly. So I was like, that shit's not going to happen. There's no way. Because nobody is going to sit, you know, in Russia and push a button to get these motherfuckers shot. So when they started to take the outside of the country, I was like, okay, they'll stop, they'll stop. But then when, they, when I started to see the pictures of the shit, I was like, yeah, this is uh, fucked up. Um, it's shocking, because you haven't seen pictures like that of a European city being bombed for 70 years. It's the craziest thing. So we go forward. I love our sanctions. I love what people are doing to shut him down. But man, we do stay at that level that's just so frustrating, where you're like, we're too smart to war. You're supposed to buy economies. You're supposed to send music there. You're supposed to send blue jeans there. You're supposed to send culture there. And that's how you really, if you want to take over a culture, you integrate and you outnumber and you charm and you dance and you do what you're supposed to do. Because we, we stopped taking the gold and killing all the Indians who gave it to us years ago. Like that's just, it's, it's so primitive still. Like the fact that this dude is still able to just be like, we're going to do this and then do it is so primitive you know yeah i just you know it's war is yeah war seems so passe at the, at this point but at the same time like i think people people think about it that other way but at the same time you know if you want something and other people want to prevent you from it kind of war is the only solution for that when when negotiations break down and that's going to keep happening so there's going to keep being pretenses for war whether or not they're responded to with actual war is another story but you know i, I think that's always going to going to be a problem but just I, it's just so it just see part of what's so sad is like i feel like we've never had so many resources and answers to all the world's problems like technologically health medicine like we have so many answers we also just know policy policies that work policies that don't how to make effective government systems like we know how to do this and then but we just we aren't willing to do it but then also it's like most people aren't even willing to be honest about what the actual problems are like you know a lot of people are like don't destroy the electoral college or whatever but it's like you know we could do anything we could do anything you know but people are just like but that doesn't feel right and it's just it's it that's another one of these big tragedies and stuff i i, I was pretty convinced that the war was going to happen um i have a very negative view of russia um and you know it's like 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 putin is a lot like Hitler, you know, like he was an SS guy. He killed a lot of people. He was in, he was a, like the head of intelligence. He was ordering assassinations and subterfuge. That's a really bad person to give like a uh, continent to, you know, a, 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 the, the reins of power to an entire country. Um, and the whole time he's had power, he's done a lot of bad things. He's killed a lot of political opponents. He's, uh, he's rigged all his elections. He's, 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 you know, he's killed a lot of people. He's like, I don't want to go into way too much, but I don't, I think people are like, yeah, Russia's a country, but like Russia is like, it, it has a lot of liberal people and good people and stuff, but like the things they're doing are like, 
on par with North Korea. And I don't think people think about that, but it's just true. And so like, yeah, so it was never a doubt in my mind that, yeah, no, he wants something. I don't know what he wants, but he wants something. And again, warfare is the only option to take things that people don't want to give you. So of course he's going to do it. What else is he going to do? He wants it. I don't know why he wants it. He's a crazy person, whatever. But it's like, yeah, so it's going to happen. I, I guess I thought something would happen we're in this weird post-nuclear war era where these are the kinds of wars that can happen these little wars where it's like no one else get involved like you said it's like this bar fight because if it goes too big everyone's gonna nuke everyone so we're just gonna keep it all small which is like it's this post-war warfare it's like past when we know war is horrible and we can't do it but we are still going to do it it's this weird you know and who knows what that'll turn into but it's yeah it's a strange time huh it's odd it's an odd thing to live through, particularly after a pandemic. You're like, you thought the world would sort of kumbaya the shit. And that we don't right. <laughs> but they were like, man, what were we doing right before? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of the craziest move, you know. Um, yeah. All survivable. It's, it, it's got a, the pendulum's got to swing back and forth. Um, I do like the sanctions. I do like the world's response to it, which was just rage, you know. Um, yeah i I was just thinking oh sorry go ahead shutting off his money is the greatest thing you can do and you know we did that before but i think like trump reversed it or he did something to give there was this crazy uh oil company deal that trump went went through with it's like a it was a scandal back when there were uh you could keep track of the scandals and like that freed up a lot of money that putin didn't have access to and i think that emboldened him it gave him a lot more options but you know i don't know i i I, i'm more of a russia conspiracist than most you know i'm pretty sure that they attacked our power grid there is a point where high-powered rifles destroyed like an electrical station i'm a hundred percent sure that was russia um you know our our internet went down on election day i'm 100 percent sure that was russia i think there's just like and you know i know this is crazy it's fine if you don't believe me whatever i and i do think it's far-fetched but but again my negative view of russia this this the fact that he's you know ordered executions and assassinations i like all of this seems possible and no one cares enough to pay attention so it's like why not what's the consequence you know but yeah it's it's yeah uh so uh, have you been have you been working or anything what 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 were you obviously you know it shut down a lot so was it was it crazy were you stressing were you like just gonna go underground and try and hide for a while and hope you can pop back up what's been going on i mean not to get too personal or whatever obviously let me know i was in arizona i stayed there for like five months came back here um haven't been working out much craziest job i've had lately is i was a producer for the talk which is like the view which was fucking amazing because wow, <laughs> yeah. i never done it before. And uh, uh, it was like all these Conan writers, like super, super funny Dan Ferguson um, was there. And he was one of the producers at Conan for like 27 years. This guy, biggest heart, like just Irish New Yorker, um, just raspy voice, but like bits, like just great bits. <laughs> That's awesome. Great stories. And like, you know, there's this thing at Conan where they really, when they have a guest, uh, producers fight for certain guests because they're like, uh, fucking Cher's coming on. I don't want to fucking do Cher. She don't talk good. Right. <laughs> and I'd seen a little bit of that because I did at midnight. And at midnight, the producers would come and meet with you early. And they would just be like, how you doing, Brandon? Uh, what's going on? Uh, you feel like writing some jokes today? Or, or you want us to write the jokes? Or what do you, what, how do you feel? Um, and you could tell when you were rolling with somebody who was really good, 
and was like, I got you. I can, I can, we're going to produce the shit out of you. So Ferguson starts telling these stories about producing different celebrities. And it's the greatest thing because it is literally like, I knew uh, Mark Wahlberg had been drinking the night before. So I wrote the greatest questions. And I'm telling you, when they asked him about that dolphin, and he made the noise because I told him to make the noise. And he made the noise and it killed. I ripped up my script. I ripped up my script. I said, yep, Ferguson. And it was like amazing. Because if you've never done the job of segment producer, that's what you got to be. You're like a major league batting coach or like even just a major league coach where you're like, you're trying to get this kid out onto that fucking field and make sure that he hits a home run. And when, what I like about, um, what I like about certain comedy is that some of it is like very artistic and people are super in their head and they're conceptual. There's a lot of like just meatheads out here who grew up telling jokes on the playground like myself. And I, I always liked guys who treated comedy like uh, uh, they were plumbers or like they were just like some pipe fitter. So they're like, I'm writing jokes right now for Sandler. He's so funny. <laughs> That's always my dude or like dudes are like, we writing jokes. For them people who not with they, they girlfriend, but their wife is at home. We trying to make him laugh. Like, <laughs> those are the dudes, because I hated the pretension around being an artist. So I always felt like, man, if I'm gonna be a comedian or an artist, I gotta be like, you know, blue copper about the shit. So I go get the job at the at the talk, and that's who's there. Like all the the it's a it's a out of a hundred people, like 75 are women from all different walks of life. And like the, the craziest part is you look at those shows, those panel shows, and you're like, what is this bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> but then you get in there and you realize like it's super scripted. They really do have viewpoints. Sometimes the viewpoints get knocked off. Like by the time the view goes out or the talk, those shows go out, like everybody's been briefed and like there's a real like, I'm not saying that. I know you want me to say it, but I'm not saying it. Like, so it was insane. It was, it was an insane job because Ferguson's like, we got to make this shit go. Let's go. I'm ready to go. Let's go, sir. Uh, I brought my lucky chicken. You know, <laughs> like, incredible. Um, I did not stay because it was, it was kind of, it was kind of, you know, uh, it was not my, my bag necessarily. But the fact that I could pull it off was, was incredible. It was like, this, yeah. when they find out that I don't do this for a living, I'm trying to work on a documentary about the founder of Honda. I'm not trying to do a segment about uh, wigs. <laughs> Either. Uh, there were a couple of things where, where like because they were um it was it was for cbs it was network right mm -hmm. and because network needs 150 extra people you would say stuff like, um man if we do uh they were like Dion cole's birthday is coming up and i'm like why don't we play pin the tail on the Dion, and we'll blindfold the hosts and they were like we will not be pinning the tail on a black man um as a network and i was like <laughs> Come on, CBS. Racist. But I was like, no, I'm telling you, it's fine. <laughs> right. But I was like, okay, CBS. Okay. Egg toss. Let's do an egg toss. And they were like, wait, what? <laughs> so it was awesome because sometimes you'd get notes that were like, we cannot say that. Uh, this person is an esteemed guest of ours. Or they were like, yeah, it's not dirty enough. So it was a blast. Dude. It was a blast. So crazy. I mean, it sounds like a show like that, I'd imagine, is really high paced. Was it like really intense live. and kind of pressured or? It, it's fucking live, which I also did not know. 
You know, sure. I didn't know what the job really was going to be. Sure. Which is some classic shit. Because I never really know. Like, my entire career has always been like, get in the fucking car. We're going someplace. And then we pull up and it's Universal or it's fucking Sony or some shit. And I'm confused. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. You know, one of the reasons people think I suck. And I agree with you. <laughs> I suck. I suck because every time you see me, I just found the fuck out that I was supposed to be wherever I'm being. Like, even when I was doing Hard Town, they didn't tell me what the fuck that show was. So the first time the audience talked back, I was like, you shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> and Dan was like, hey, man, don't, uh, don't do that. And I was like, I don't know. What? I thought they were trying to attack you with shit. Well, so, they are. We just accept that. We accept no boundaries on Harmontown in a very unhealthy way. That's, that's what's normal. You were responding like a healthy individual with yeah. boundaries. I also, you know, I didn't know what he was going to talk about. I didn't know any of that shit. So my first like couple couple episodes of that, I'm like flailing, you know. I'm just like, wow, okay, <laughs> okay. Someone from the audience just got up, and apparently this audience has known him for years. <laughs> and I see a knife in his pocket, but no one's pointing it out. <laughs> Yeah, well, and but it's surprising that you were you were flailing and struggling because you know Dan famously is such a generous performer. He gives people so much like to work off of and to go, you know, to he can really he lets people shine. I find he gives he gives everyone a moment. He gives everyone their time. You know, so uh, it's surprising. No, but uh, yeah, it's 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 a it's a. I mean, you know, my job was the easiest job on the show, but it was the your job was always the hardest. Like uh, the the guest controller is like. I uh, you know because at least jeff could uh not care enough to like really like throw some stuff at dan but you know a normal person would be like well i feel like i should wait and you shouldn't wait you should you should cut people off and 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 outburst and stuff and it's a yeah it's a yeah it's a i i mean it's interesting um what was cool was that those two years of history so it was hard to like oh man now i see why it works so beautifully but what was yeah. cool, i have to say was like finding out about Schraub and watching Schraub come onto the show and like the most amazing for me standing at that podium was the most amazing sociology course, psychology course, because you were just all of a sudden watching these really old friendships play out live and like watching somebody get super deep um, and not necessarily know how, how to explain himself, really try to reach for some understanding and you with your fucking timing it's insane like some of the most classic moments that i witnessed came from you just being over Thank there cut. and sometimes you'd be like as me when i say you because because it's all i do is talk about me but i use you to do it i'm so narcissistic i uh, <laughs> i would I'd, I'd be waiting and and maybe something would go by and i'd be like he's i don't know he's not gonna bite okay and then something else would go by and, I'm like, he's not gonna and then every fucking time you lay your deck out and it's like full fucking it's fucking amazing amazing oh that's so, so kind he was so lucky he was so fucking lucky to have you <laughs> i it's it's so kind but it's it's bittersweet because i know that my performance chops have atrophied so far and it's so sad to like be like i can perform at this level it's not terrible it's better than a lot of people maybe sure whatever but it's like i used to be fucking funny and pat oswald was like you have amazing comedic timing and i'm like you're pat oswald and and i know i can't access that you know uh god willing i might be able to get to a place where i can do that again but you know i 
and I, I don't like tooting my horn, but I, I feel like I, you know, there was times where I was really funny and I would love to be yeah. that good again. It's insane. And it's that, it's that also it's uh, pure. It's not that I'm talking about street cats, man. These motherfuckers out here who are telling jokes, who are super funny and never wanted to be a comedian or the guys who became comedians, but they'll fucking wreck you in a bar. Like that's who I always was a super fan of is dudes that were funny, but didn't necessarily like reach for being super professional about the shit. Because there's comedians who, when they stop, they get off stage, they're not funny. And I'm like, why is that? And they're like, well, because I'm an artist and I'm good at this. And I'm always giving it away from free. And I'm like, bro, it's like having a tail. You're not going to swing from tree to tree. <laughs> Are you really not going to fucking peel bananas with your motherfucking tail, bro? You're going to sit there and not use that thing? That's crazy to me, you know? So I loved watching you. I, that was a blast. I loved watching how you got down. You know that's thank you so much that's very nice I, I i'm bad at taking compliments but this is such a good kind of compliment that i'm even finding it uh pretty easy to take if if you'll believe that but uh no but you i mean you i don't know i think you were great because you were a serious intellect on the show you know like jeff has a lot of cool information he knows a lot of really interesting stuff and he's a smart guy but i don't i don't think of him as like a, an, an intellectual you know he's like a gadabout that's kind of but you you know you like the you i don't know you you have a, a very clear political kind of leaning and and it feels very honest and intellectually defensible you know it's like i don't always agree with you on stuff but it i don't like there's a lot of people who i disagree with and i disrespect their opinion because it doesn't seem like they put the effort in but if people like have thought it and they can defend themselves you know and and i i just i just love that because that's i feel like that was more my lane is i would often you know chime in with like no you're wrong about this here's a dictionary definition you know and i feel like you were similar to like that where you didn't like you're like no you're wrong we shouldn't just let this go by like let's not be intellectually dishonest you know let's let's be real here and i, I yeah i always felt so i felt like everyone was like no it's about charisma it's not about reality and i'm like reality though come on and i feel like you're kind of my only ally in reality i gotta tell you one of my favorite moments was when you backed me up on the fucking uh when the sunshine group went to uh pelosi's office <laughs> talking shit on that group and um it was, it was adam it was the adam ruins everything show and I, I was just going off. I was going off way too long. And I was like, you wouldn't try that shit at, at fucking the Republicans' office. You went to fucking uh, Pelosi's office. You, you didn't get shit done, blah, blah, blah. And then Adam was like, hey, man, uh, fuck that. Uh, those people have a right to do it. And then you came in and you were like, yeah, man, I researched that group. They're not shit. And I was like, Spencer. <laughs> Spencer's tagged into the ring. Oh, my God. <laughs> the suplex. So, like, it was moments like that. I had a blast. Dude. I had a blast. Yeah, man. Well, uh, we're pretty low on time here. I don't know. Do you? Are you doing anything? Do you got anything to plug or whatever? Is there anything you'd like to talk about before we kind of jump off? I don't. know. It's been great catching up on you uh, with you. If you want to come back, we got to have you back for sure. This is awesome. Uh, we sometimes play D and D, so if you want to come play D and D, sometimes maybe we could do that. But you know, no pressure. But uh, yeah, do uh, you got anything? No, I'm doing, look, I told you, in the middle of my depression right now, you're standing on 6th in Los Angeles downtown. If you want, I'll scream at your car. Uh, you can drop some money if you need to. Also, I'm selling this tie and this vest. Get at me. Those of you who have shopped with me before know how to reach out. Times are rough. Like I said, I just had COVID. So <laughs> you can hook a brother up. That's all. That's what I'm playing with. 
and fucking brandon he he jumped in and produced the talk you know it sounds like you show up and you just do things that's what you need in a producer is just getting shit done so like if anyone has you know i don't know the most high-paying jobs to throw out you know i'm sure that he'd fucking knock it out of the park no problem but you know i don't know that's a weird thing to say and i'm sorry if that was condescending at all but but it, yeah i just because it was really interesting listening i want to talk more about your professional life because that was really interesting sometime but yeah i you know i do a patreon i've talked about it uh we just started a minecraft server uh, patreon.com slash this uh the sixler if you want to join the patreon whatever uh kevin you got anything kevin uh, you know, Je uh, brandon kevin sometimes talks on the show sometimes very rarely uh half an hour from now we got real life sci-fi with wade and willie and aaron and guest brandon johnson we're all pumped to have him on tonight what the hell you? yeah oh my god i should have brought you close we were just talking <laughs> earlier how it kind of feels like you know the girl brought two dates to prom you know you're, you got us and, and them tonight um, and that was kevin i did not feel that way i you know i'm happy <laughs> i would be happy to be the sloppy seconds but i'm the 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 tight firsts is that a phrase i don't know uh but, yeah i don't know but thanks again um so good uh, to yeah so good to see Say again so good to see both of you yeah for sure we gotta have you back on and we gotta we gotta have you back on to play our famous segment what's kevin's deal i would love to know your insights onto what kevin's deal is we'll have to wait until next time uh because it's the end of the show and as always um uh let's just close with another quote from morbius which is uh my first instinct is to always bite back i couldn't think of a new quote bye everybody <laughs> <laughs>